LumaFusion, and WWDC. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Get important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for your Mac right inside Slack. Try all of Collide's features on an unlimited number of devices free for 14 days, no credit card required, at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, I was at NAB. I saw a lot of old friends. I met some new friends, but there were a couple that I definitely missed that didn't make it this year, and that are um, Terry and Chris from LumaFusion. So it's time to catch up with them now virtually just to see what's going on. Terry, Chris, great to have you both back. I'm sorry we missed each other in Vegas. Absolutely. It's good to see you again, Chuck, and thanks for having us on. Sorry we missed you there, too. Yeah, Yeah, we did miss going, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, everybody had to make their own decisions based on, you know, obvious health concerns, but also on the show itself, trying to figure out whether it was worth it. So it was it was interesting to see who was there, interesting to see who decided not to. No right or wrong answers. It just it was just the way right. it is. For for us part of it was obviously COVID, but part of it was that we were still recovering from just all the changes in our business that COVID caused, like we had hired people that we had never met before, you know, and only met online. And uh, we had just kind of gotten back into our groove. And then along comes the prospect of NAB. And it was just like, oh, we just need to, we need to focus and slow down and not worry about that this year. But we do hope we'll be there next year. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny kind of how that worked. I mean, we all had basically a couple of years off, and yet we're still playing catch up from that. You know, so it's, as yeah. you said, I mean, you know, it was off, but we all had to work while our families were in the background and, you know, all sorts of stuff that just isn't ideal. Yeah, and, just uh, completely new challenges, right, that we didn't have before. And, and for us personally, as a company, besides COVID, like Terry said, we, we grew significantly during COVID. Um, you know, we added a lot of new people. We added new development for the Android version. And, you know, we've been working on some big new features and, and trying to make all that work with COVID going on and all these changes. It, it was a challenge. And so we, you know, like she said, we'd just gotten back into the groove of it. So that's where we're at right now is getting things done and getting getting some releases ready. So we're, we're excited about that. But yeah, we're sort of glad we didn't derail it because NAB is a lot of fun, but boy, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time to get ready for. It is. And it, we, we love it because it, it, we bring the whole team so that we can kind of use it as a team building exercise as well. Just, you know, we, we usually get a big Airbnb and stay together and um, you know, just get to know each other better. And it's really fun for us. So definitely missed going. Yeah. Well, it's, you bring up an interesting thing that, you know, during COVID, we all had to adopt new ways of working. And now we're almost having to figure out, do we stay with those? Do we go back to the way it was before? Or what I think most people are finding is, yeah, we've got to just merge the two to find the best of, of both worlds. So it sounds like that's, that's absolutely, yeah, I think that's where we're at. And, you know, uh, my engineers here in Salt Lake, you know, it's sort of definitely a hybrid situation. A lot of them like working at home and uh, I love having people in the office. So we found a nice balance where we, you know, most people are coming in at least once a week and, and uh, so we can have some 
time together face to face and that's really nice and but yeah. people who are productive at home they can work at home and it works really well so yeah yeah we've it's nice. instigated a free lunch Wednesdays in um, Salt Lake and free lunch Thursdays in Seattle and so if you come in you get lunch and you get to hang out with everyone masked of course and at a distance <laughs> but still it's okay <laughs> I see. So you bribe them, in other words. I like this. That's we it. do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, after a while, I mean, at first it, it worked. And then after a while, people were just showing up for lunch and then going, oh. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure if it's working anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe let's see. We'll have uh, coffee in the morning and pizza in the afternoon or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, so. Yeah. I, I, Obviously, I, I, we were going to try to do this uh, dub dub week, and right. the schedules were a little bit tough. But more importantly, though, I really just kind of wanted to let the dust settle and see what had been announced and how it affected you. And lo and behold, there's Luma Fusion uh, being shown off as an example in one of the dub dub videos. And I will have a link in the show notes to that, folks, so, along with the time code, so you can go right to it. Um, were you aware that was going to happen or, um, you know, what, what we, we was the story were, we were aware something was going to happen. Yeah. We had, you know, um, Apple had been talking to us about this new feature. And, and so, um, we had some, you know, a little information we hadn't actually seen the feature ourselves. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we knew what it was about. And the nice thing about that, that's, it's basically the new reference mode that's coming for the iPad pros. And that allows users to edit in a, using the full range of the iPad Pro's display so that you can get a full P3, you know, color space and see your video, your HDR videos, you know, using the full range and getting a much better editing experience. Um, and we're going to build on top of what Apple's provided, which is just a, you know, frankly, a simple switch in the settings where you can turn it on or off the HDR mode, but we'll be adding additional features for turning on or off tone mapping and doing some other nice things with that additional color space that's available. So we're really excited about that. And uh, it was definitely a big thing. There were three different talks on on this these new set of features on the iPad Pro uh, during WWDC. So it was probably our, it's probably the one we'll be focusing on the most as far as new features go. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I, We've had a number of discussions here on Mac Voices when you weren't here um, about, you know, where the iPad stands right now as a productivity device and, you know, what's going to happen and what was going to happen at DubDub in the in terms of making it more so. Um, and one of the one of the things that keeps coming up are we need pro level apps for the iPad. And I keep arguing that, you know, we have pro apps for the iPad. We have LumaFusion. We have pretty much all the collaboration software out there running on an iPad. You know, most of it with a pretty close to feature parity, if not feature parity. Um, we have, for better or worse, Microsoft Office running on the iPad. Um, we obviously have, you know, all the Apple productivity stuff. So if it, up to this point, it has felt like maybe that iPad OS has been what's holding things back. The apps themselves are there. It's the the multitasking OS experience that's been a little lacking. Is that do you think that's accurate and how does that apply to LumaFusion? Well, I would say um, yeah, go, go ahead, Terry. No, go ahead. I'll follow up. All right. Yeah, um so I would say that it's somewhat accurate. You know, 
iPadOS has been developing and changing, and I think Apple's been careful about its development. You know, it started out as a very sandboxed environment with everything carefully protected so that you couldn't access anything. And little by little, they've been opening it up in smart ways, you know, to make sure that one, you can't have a lot of crappy software on there that, you know, can ruin the whole system. And, you know, number two, that it gives a reasonably good experience. And with WWDC this year, you know, the stage manager, I think, is a really big change. I think that will um, definitely open up a whole new set of work, you know, capabilities. And for LumaFusion, I think one of the biggest areas is the ability to use the second monitor as an actual workspace, you know. And if you're using a trackpad, um, you we can actually put UI on that extra workspace. And Terry and I have been already discussing a lot of different ways we could take advantage of that, you know, to give our users better better workflows um, using LumaFusion. Terry? One thing I wanted to uh, follow up with on on the display was the that we, that we have scopes coming in uh, 3.1, which is just very close to being out. And that will be something that we can improve with the, uh, the new um, display modes from, from Apple. So... Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, 3.1 is, you know, our new release coming out very soon and it's a free, another free update. So as usual, you know, we're, um, and we decided not to charge for video scopes. It was going to be packaged in with another uh, feature, but we decided to separate out the features so users can buy just what they want. And um, yeah, so that'll be a free new feature. And like Terry said, we're going to use some of the extra display bandwidth, you know, the, the extra display space to, uh, even give more information in those video scopes. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing that they they mentioned uh, specifically is the the round tripping that we have talked here about here before, where um, you have the XML options to export out and then put into a desktop NLE if that's if that's what you want, and that to me sort of answers the question of you know again a professional uh, video editor on the iPad. I mean, we already have it. It's LumaFusion. You just need to go and get it, learn it. And then if you, you know, if, if you can accomplish what you need to do there, great. If you need to export it over into a desktop, you know, that's fine too. So I, I feel like LumaFusion just, you're not getting as much credit as I think you should. And that's one reason I want to keep banging the drum and saying, hey, people, if you need this, it's here already. Yeah, I mean, I think Apple's made it really clear with, the latest WWDC that they are headed towards a more pro professional um, capabilities on the iPad and that, you know, they're going to support apps, apps like LumaFusion to increase uh, different features, improve different features. And we are keeping pace with that as they come out with new things, we're, we're adding them into LumaFusion. I think that, um, no, I think the timing is perfect, to be honest. Like we, it's not like we're waiting around saying, oh, I wish Apple would do this thing because we're busy all the time doing, uh, you know, keeping LumaFusion improving in different ways. But yeah, they, they seem to be right on the mark like they are coming out with just the right stuff that allows us to make another step and another step like external drive support um when they came out with external monitors uh, at uh, usb-c external drive um direct editing from that so there's just been a lot of things that 
it's like if they could read our minds what what we were thinking of they seem to just come out with it so it's it's been really great this edition of mac voices is supported by collide get important timely and relevant security recommendations for your mac right inside slack collide sends employees important timely and relevant security recommendations for their linux mac and windows devices right inside slack some companies try to lock down their employee devices, which is great for security, but terrible for productivity and usability. Collide has a better way. Collide knows that end users are IT admin's most significant untapped resources and the key to solving the most challenging security issues, including instructing developers to set passphrases or unencrypted SSH keys, finding plain text two-factor backup codes, and teaching end users how to store them securely and convincing employees to uninstall evil browser extensions that may sell their browser history. Those are just some of the many use cases that are not solved by locking down devices. You can try Collide with all its features on an unlimited number of devices for 14 days, free, no credit card required. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to sign up today. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Try all of Collide's features on an unlimited number of devices for 14 days free, no credit card required. And be sure to enter your email when prompted to receive your free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. That's collide.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this week's Mac Voices. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Chuck, that, you know, what we've created with LumaFusion is a way for most users can do everything they want right on the device. And now that we have you know, ProRes support, you know, most people don't even need to go to the desktop. But we've made it so that people can fit LumaFusion into any workflow. If it's a professional workflow and you need something in you know, Final Cut or Premiere or Resolve, you have that ability to move across and, and use those tools if needed. Um, so you can start in LumaFusion and have the the wonderful user interface where you can edit anywhere and feel free to edit and the fun of editing again, and then still move to the desktop when you need specific tools and uh, need to do certain things that you couldn't do currently in LumaFusion. So I'll say we're continually working, as Terry said, to make sure you'll have all those things you know, in LumaFusion in the future. So that's our goal. But have them in a better and fun way. That's one of the big yeah. things we're working on. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that. And I think Terry said something interesting there is, you know, it's a step at a time. And too too many of us are spoiled or we want it all and we want it now. And, you know, that's just not it. Uh, iPadOS, along with iOS, is definitely evolving. And, you know, it may not be evolving fast enough for some people, but it is definitely evolving if you look back. It's even, I mean, I don't know how else to measure it, but look back pre-pandemic you know, at the, at the progress that was being made and look what's happened since then. And, you know, I would expect that we'll see something next year and the next year and the next year that make it an even more capable device as people figure out, you know, what, what changes, you know, they, they like. Um, I, I think, I think it gets lost on folks that Apple does tend to try things. And if something doesn't work, it just sort of quietly either gets, gets left in and not not paid attention to or just gets removed. Right. Yeah. So and then there's the fact that the operating system for iOS is gorgeous for developers like us. It's it's just a, a perfect platform and um, AV foundation and all the, the tools that come 
directly from Apple that we can just um, build upon are very, very good. So it, it does make a real big difference for our development. Yeah, and I think Apple's pretty smart about choosing, you know, and they don't always get it right, but often they do. And like you said, if they don't get it right, it'll, you know, languish, but they'll keep moving in a new direction where they bring, you know, they're, with this WWDC, I think they brought a lot of unification in areas of the platform that make sense, but they're still keeping things separate where they don't. You know, the desktop still feels like a desktop. The iPad still feels different with its touch interface, but where it makes sense, like with stage manager and things like that, those can feel the same on both platforms and, and provide a night, you know, as usual, provide a great Apple experience. You know, if you're in the Apple ecosystem, everything feels just right. And that's, that's a great feeling. Well, yeah. And you know, I, I, I didn't mean, if I implied that Apple has missed the market on some things, then, you know, I, I, I please consider it misstated um, because I think it's fascinating. I know people that love spaces. I know people that just have no use for spaces at all. So, you know, and, and my God, just look at the utilities out there that are available on both platforms that might fit the way that I work, but they might not fit the way you work. So, you know, in so many cases, there's not a right or wrong here. And I, I admit to getting a little perturbed at folks who seem to want to draw that black and white distinction of no, this is bad and that's good. Um, the touch bar on the on the MacBooks or MacBook Pros is a perfect example. You know, yeah. could Apple have done some things differently? Yeah, I think so. But you know, it was there, and for those of us that liked it, we liked it. We may not have been in love with it, but it was useful. Right. So yeah. I, I, I've, I'm anxious to see what you know you all bring to the next version of uh, your product, and you know what advantage you can take of what Apple has given you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, obviously the extended data range, the high definition graphics, I think will take us into a new set of workflows where people can really use it for professional HDR authoring. You know, we, we will be adding features to provide content HDR data and the mastering HDR data, things that you need to really master, you know, color spaces um, when you're editing and down the road we'll be adding you know well actually let me talk about one more feature in 3.1 that's coming out with the video scopes is we will now allow multiple LUTs to be applied to clips and multiple effects of the same type for example two chroma keys for example so that's going to open up a whole new world of you know color correction and color enhancement you know in LumaFusion and then down the road we'll add more features for advanced color correction I think really make it a powerful tool for grading you know which is currently one of the areas where it's not used heavily you know basic grading you can do really well in LumaFusion but for more advanced grading it's not there yet and that's one thing we'll keep working on to make it perfect for that when will we see our fe first feature film done completely on LumaFusion or have we seen it already <laughs> There's a lot of independent films that have been done, but um, yeah, we're we're still looking for a bigger film. We'd love to see, you know, something that could be a real highlight of it. Okay, yeah. So, Mar Marvel Studios, please give them a call. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think for for um, filmmakers and high high budget things, Luma Fusion becomes another of the tools that they used for the for a bigger workflow. Um, you know, it, it is like you can use a hammer to build a castle or a house, or you can use a hammer to put a picture on the wall, right? So I think there's 
LumaFusion is a tool that suits different people and different workflows for different things. But the key is that it has all the functionality you need to to not limit yourself when you're when you're in the field and you're editing and you say, "Oh, I just want to cut this." It's not going to limit you and say, "Oh, you have to cut it with the audio so long," or you know, we, you can't trim this, or you can't color correct it, or you can't do. It's, it's, it's all there for you, so you can really choose where it fits in your workflow. For a lot of people, it's just the final step. You're just doing. You're doing your whole edit, color correcting, titles, audio mixing, audio EQ. And sending it out to where it goes. But then there's other people, you know, films, they use so many different uh, experts that, that need the files to go to the color corrector and the audio needs to be sweetened by a proper audio sweetener, an artist, you know. So they they are using LumaFusion in a different way that's, that's making usable parts that can be sent out. And I think with LumaFusion, the timeline is is just the most beautiful thing to me because it not only has the efficiency of the magnetic timeline, like in Final Cut, but it also has traditional track-based features like insert, overwrite, clip, track locking, um, track, you know, track levels, clip levels, overall master levels. So there's all these things you can control in a really traditional way, which allows you to edit the way you want. And um, I, I, th I think that's what makes it a really functional tool for a lot of different types of editors. Terry, I would agree. And I know you and I've had a number of conversations here about just the, 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 the experience of touch-based editing as opposed to using a mouse or a trackpad or, you know, even, um, you know, an, a, a pointing device of some kind. And so I think you're right. I think this, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly something that can be taken into the field a lot easier than even a laptop and used. Oh, yeah. I mean, a laptop, you, you, you can take it into the field, but it, it doesn't hold power as long. The screen isn't as easy to see in sunlight. Um, you're not going to carry it around. And it's not instant on. It takes a few seconds to, if you close the lid, it's going to take some time to boot up. The iPad is just so instant. Um, you, you can get your media in there through a variety of ways. Now you could just plug in an external drive and a US, into the USB-C port and see your media in LumaFusion and start dragging it to the timeline. So there's just a lot of things that have been added to the iPad that make it super functional for in the field. Um, and um, yeah, it's and it's fun. It's <laughs> you feel so connected to your media that it's a lot different than you know getting a laptop out and using the the touchpad or a mouse to move things around is is a bit fiddly. And with the iPad, you just reach in there, touch it, grab it, move it, trim it. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, and we, we we do know of a number of you know. Um, teams that are using it for television and film production in daily edits is a really common area where LumaFusion is being used and even more so now that we have ProRes support in there. So that's been, you know, a really nice addition, but it is that freedom that Terry's talking about where you can just pop it open and say, Hey, let's look at this edit really quick. And, you know, there's just nothing stopping you from get you know, from quickly seeing what you want to do. And I think that's really one of the, the powers of LumaFusion. Terry and Chris are back in the next edition of Mac Voices to talk more about some of the features that are coming to LumaFusion. 
running LumaFusion on a Mac, and also the training options that are out there to help you get the most out of LumaFusion. That's next time on Mac Voices, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.